This is Mitch Day's Story Time. Hello and welcome to episode four of Mitch Day's Story Time. This is a short story that I've written, so it's a bit different. It's not my normal silliness, uh, no improv. And I've listened to this story now 700 times. So I find it quite boring. But I'm hoping that you won't find it boring. Um, I'm hoping that you'll find that it's okay. Uh, It is about a uh, teacher. Um, It's not based on fact or anything that happened to me, but it is based on something I overheard somebody saying at school that kind of stuck with me. Um, And I wanted to write a short story about it. And uh, here we go. This is it. This is my short story, Ms. Lynch. A very long time ago, the year 1998, Karen was very busy being an angry 12-year-old girl. Angry because her parents made her take dance classes, which she thought were pretty stupid, but they wanted her to do it because, in her mother's words, they would make her a proper young woman. She was angry because her little brother got away with everything, and she was shouted at even if she drank water in the wrong way. She was angry too that the school made her wear the stupidest of outfits ever invented. A skirt. Oh, she was also angry because her parents had named her Karen. What possessed them? There weren't any superheroes or film stars from the 80s called Karen. No. She insisted on people calling her Kay, but that was apparently too much to ask of her family. It was always, Karen, wash your hands. Karen, whose blood is that? Karen, why have you brought a frog into the living room? They all loved to basically have a go at her for doing anything that made her happy. And so few things did. And the last thing that was making her especially angry at this moment in time in her life was that her best friend, Cassie, was away from school unwell. So she was essentially alone because they were just a duo. And now she had no one to sit with, no one to sit with at break, no one to sit with at lunch, no one to sit with in lessons, apart from when silly teachers make everybody sit boy, girl, boy, girl, and she has to sit next to idiots like Jordan or Clive or Carl. She just hated those boys, but the teachers insisted. Apparently that made everybody better behaved, but it just made Kay feel more lonely. That was, of course, until Ms Lynch started teaching at her school. Ms Lynch was the brilliant substitute art teacher, and she was there whilst Mr Brown was away for some reason that the other teachers didn't want to tell the children. Perhaps, Karen wondered, he was having his permanent scowl removed. Either that, or maybe the mouldy onions stuck between his teeth were being destroyed with lasers. She hoped it was that. At least then she wouldn't have to worry about him being in such close proximity. It didn't really matter where he'd gone, of course. Karen wanted him to stay there. I think that deserves another merit sticker, 
Miss Lynch had beamed when examining her art homework a second week on the trot. A drawing she had been quite proud of, actually. It was a giraffe in front of a sunset. Lizzie Foley stared menacingly, filled with jealous rage. Her mum had drawn a tiger for her, and even she hadn't been given a merit sticker. "'You're very good at art, aren't you?' she added. And those words, simple they may be, stuck in Kay's head, and then never left. It was the first time a teacher had said that she was good at something. It was the first time anyone had told her that she was good at anything. And she actually meant it, too. Miss Lynch was immediately her favourite teacher then. Her presence itself was warm and reassuring. On that day, she offered to stay behind and help tidy the art room after class, and Miss Lynch gave her a surprised smile as if to say, this never happens. And they chatted, which was nice because it made her feel a little bit less lonely. And Miss Lynch, she wasn't like the other teachers because she made Karen feel like a real person, like another human being. All of the others, you know, made the children feel small and stupid. But Miss Lynch spoke to her like she actually mattered. Kay asked if she'd call her Kay, and she said yes, and she remembered to. And I hate wearing skirts. Why do the boys get everything? It's not fair, she complained, after helping wash some brushes. Hmm, I agree. Well, you're not supposed to agree. (laughs) Why not? You're a teacher. The school owns you, Kay said. It's good to talk about rules you disagree with, Kay. If you want to challenge it, do. If there's a good reason for the rule... They won't struggle to explain it, will they? And then, maybe you'll feel better about it. She scrunched her forehead. And thought. And if they don't have a good reason? Well, then you found a rule worth challenging, she said, with another reassuring smile. Ms Lynch didn't patronise her, didn't indulge her. They were having a proper conversation, like people do. Kay wondered whether she wasn't cleaning the brushes quite thoroughly enough, as everything that she tidied, Miss Lynch seemed to tidy straight after, but that didn't matter. She was having fun, and for the first time in weeks, she didn't feel lonely, and for the first time in her life, she had a favourite teacher. Sadly, Ms Lynch would not have similar experiences with any of her other students. In fact, very shortly after Karen found her favourite teacher, the other children found something very wrong with her. And then the problem with Ms Lynch did not stay quiet for long. It was Jordan Roberts that started it. Jordan Roberts. Kay could hear him tittering with his dumb friends. Jordan was that boy, the noisy bumhole arse-poo that wanted everyone to notice him and for everyone to be unhappy. He collected dumb boys as his moronic followers and they laughed at anything he did with forced enthusiasm. The sound of their fake laughter was a daily occurrence and always came at someone else's expense. One day it would be him pushing little Trevor Lee down the stairs of the science block 
Another, it would be saying that Sally Biggins looked like a moose. Today, he was tittering over something he'd drawn. His audience loudly guffawed as per usual and pointed desperately at the piece of paper as though it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. Jordan, Miss Lynch called across the art room. She wasn't a shouty teacher, really. Jordan Roberts, hand it to me, please. The class went silent. Miss Lynch held out her hand politely, and Jordan passed the piece of paper to her begrudgingly. Kay watched her face as she opened it. She carefully examined it, and even from across the room, Kay could tell Miss Lynch was upset. Her entire body seemed to change. Suddenly she seemed sunken into the floor of that art room. In the corner of her eye, a tear began to form. No! Kay knew that teachers couldn't cry. Jordan Roberts had scared off more timid teachers before this. He and his kind could smell fear. That's what they feasted on. Ms Lynch folded the piece of paper slowly, and then again. Carry on with your work, she said, without making eye contact with the boy, and she quietly returned to her desk until class was over. In the lunch hall, Jordan was delighting his moron crew with his triumph over the best teacher in the school. Kay's anger was building and building. She imagined herself picking up a slightly wet lunch tray and using it to smash his ugly face in again and again and again. They must have noticed her staring because Billy Harris tugged Jordan's shirt and pointed towards her. Jordan re-spiked his hair and strutted towards her. Kay, he said. Yes, she sniped back. My friend says that you want to go out with me. Kay was dumbfounded. What, she said, wrinkling her nose so hard she must have looked 103 years old. Do you want to? he asked. He actually meant it too. I would sooner eat a massive pile of dog poo than go out with you, and the poo would get better GCSEs. One of his friends laughed, and Jordan shot him a warning look. They were only supposed to laugh at him. Who pissed on your chips? he yelled. You! Why'd you have to upset Miss Lynch? Miss Lynch? Oh, you mean Mr. Adam's Apple Lynch? What are you talking about? Miss Lynch is a man, you moron. No, she's not, Case shouted back. Yes, she is, he snarled. We're going to put this in her drawer too, he added, pulling from his coat pocket a strange lump of rubber. Kay's face scrunched as she struggled to work out what it was exactly. It was bright pink, slightly glittery, and it wobbled unappealingly. It's a dick, Jordan spat. I know what it is, Kay said, to replace the one he had cut off. Kay didn't know what to think at this point but all she cared about was protecting her favourite teacher. Miss Lynch is the best art teacher at this stupid school. Leave her alone. She's a bloke in a dress, Kay, so you can marry her if you love her so much. The anger was boiling again. It was boiling deep inside her. 
Why did boys like Jordan have to ruin everything? Why did boys like Jordan always get everything their way? Kay grabbed at the horrid willy thing and tried to pull it away to throw it in the bin. Give it back, shouted Jordan, clinging on with one hand and pushing her away by the face with the other. Kay couldn't keep hold. Jordan broke away and in his victory, a big grin began to spread across his face. The smile was the last straw. Kay picked up a handful of liver and onions from someone's plate and she pushed it into Jordan's big ugly fat face. His friends stood back and gawped in horror. The whole canteen went deathly silent. Kay's anger wasn't gone and before Jordan could clench his punching fist tight enough to retaliate, she shoved him with all her strength, sending him over a stool and sliding across the canteen with a loud squeak. The whole room erupted in a gasp of horror. <gasps> Kay could see Jordan's eyes had started to water. Was he going to cry? Kay's face became hot and it turned a bright beetroot colour. Was it because everyone was looking at her? No. Was it guilt? No. It was most likely because she knew that she was in big, big trouble. Stop it right now, said Mr Lewis. Great. Of all the teachers that could have witnessed that, Jordan's favourite, just because he was good at P.E., of course he was good at P.E. All the stupid, horrible people loved P.E. And all the stupid, horrible P.E. teachers loved those stupid, horrible people. And it happened to be Mr. Lewis there, running at her like she was some kind of awful attacker with a big knife or a gun. When he got to her, he didn't really know what to do. He looked at her, assessed the situation and simply said, Follow me. Later that day, Kay was sat outside the headmaster's office. Mr Grey was aptly named. He was grey. He wore grey. His face was grey. Everything about his personality was pretty grey as well. Very dull, very old, very old-fashioned. She wondered if he would have a cane in the cupboard that he might threaten her with. Of course, the law wouldn't allow him to do anything with it. She sat in a slump her shoulders really low, her feet stretched out across the floor and her limbs like an orangutan's just hanging there. <sighs> Were they going to expel her? She just didn't know. But then she kept thinking about what Jordan had said. Was Miss Lynch a man? Adam's apple. Why did they say that? It was true. Miss Lynch seemed to always wear a kind of red neckerchief or something similar. She wondered if she was an estate agent in a past life or something when she'd first seen her. But she had really nice hair, really delicate features. She was short and petite. She was a woman, wasn't she? And even if she wasn't, she started to wonder then even though she'd never even thought about a woman being a man or a man being a woman, 
She wondered if it mattered. Miss Lynch made her feel like she was somebody. She made her feel like she could be passionate about a subject at school, which was not typical for her. What would she say to Mr Grey? And would he believe her? Before the office was opened, before Mr Grey began his attack, Miss Lynch walked past in the corridor and did a double-take at Kay sitting there. Kay? Are you all right? she said, her hands softly on the doorframe. You look awful. I had a fight, she said. A fight? Well, that doesn't sound like you. Who did you have a fight with? Jordan, she said glumly. Sit up, come on. Because it was Miss Lynch, Kay sat up. What is this about? Why did you do that? He was so nasty to you. He upset you in class and and then he said something really horrible in the canteen and he just, he made me angry. Oh, I see, said Miss Lynch. She looked down. Obviously, she'd hoped that the rude picture that Jordan had drawn would just fritter away and nobody would ever mention it again. Kay wondered if she was embarrassed that her favourite student... Was she her favourite student? She just assumed that anyone with a favourite teacher would also reciprocate those feelings. Do you want to see that drawing? Kay. Kay was surprised. But she nodded and Miss Lynch took the drawing from her pocket and opened it. It was a crude drawing of Miss Lynch with a penis and a moustache. Why would you draw this? Kay said. It's okay. Kay, there are people like Jordan, and then there are people like you. You mustn't be like him, okay? But but he was being so rude and so disrespectful, said Kay. I know, I know. Sometimes in life, Kay, it feels like everyone in the whole world is a Jordan. That everyone's nasty. That everyone's aggressive and rude. And it can be difficult to take. But the most important thing is forgiveness. Kay looked at her like she was insane. Forgive Jordan for being a complete moron, she thought, but she didn't say anything. Trust me, Kay, you'll be a much happier person if you let go of trying to control what other people think in their heads. You can't control that. The best thing to do for yourself is to forgive Jordan like I have. You don't know what's going on in his life or why he might be feeling aggressive on a particular day. So try and be kind. Her dad came to pick her up and he had a strange face on. Her mum was furious, furious. She could tell down the phone that she was just so angry But her dad didn't say much. But it didn't feel like it felt when he normally tells her off. 
She could really easily tell when her dad was angry because the whole atmosphere in the room changed. Everything in the room seemed to tense and and quiet. And this wasn't that. She almost detected a note of a smile that he was trying to suppress. Like her dad was impressed in some way that she'd brought down the big boy of the school. Maybe he was impressed. Maybe Kay was a little impressed at herself. But then she thought about it, and she thought about Miss Lynch. Should she be enjoying that sensation? Should she still be imagining hitting Jordan with that tray, slapping him with the wet tray in the canteen until his nose was but a husk on his face? Did it matter that she was thinking it? because she didn't actually do that. she just pushed some liver and onions in his face. And the school did recommend everyone ate that kind of thing. That evening, Kay felt inspired. Ms Lynch was right about challenging rules without any valid justifications. So she decided to write a letter to Mr Gray. Mum, she said, standing at the foot of the stairs. Dinner's not ready yet, Karen, she said spikily. Mum was still upset with her. Can I have some of your writing paper, please? Kay asked nicely, deciding not to wallow in the punishment mood. Her mother looked at her like she was an alien off of the X-Files. The spoon she was holding to stir the soup suddenly dropped a large dollop of creamy veg onto the floor. I'm writing a letter to Mr Grey, Kay said, and her mother's face changed. Firstly, from what it was, an 107-year-old grumpy troll woman, into a 37-year-old happy mum, her normal mum. Yes, she said, dumping the spoon in the saucepan without ceremony and letting the dinner overboil in favour of helping. A moment later, she retrieved her Basildon Bond letter paper from the kitchen drawer and handed it to Kay with a smile that she could not contain. What was she so happy about? Kay wondered. She said a quick, thanks, and took the pad to her room. She was slightly annoyed that the pages were mauve, but she got over that quite quickly. A few moments later, her mum was loudly singing the M people downstairs, so she closed her door to try and concentrate. Dear Mr Grey, she began, how can you breathe through that amount of nose hair? She screwed the first page into a ball and threw it across the room. Dear Mr Grey, here is a list of reasons Jordan totally deserved to be liver and onioned in his dumb ugly face. Dear Mr Grey, I imagine that your children are boring. As boring as you. I imagine you go on boring holidays to boring land and you sit in your boring caravan eating boring grey food like mush. Dear Mr Grey, my mother is in love with you deeply and she wants you to change the rules about dresses. Dear Mr Grey, you are a poo. Dear Mr Grey, Jordan deserves to die. Dear Mr Grey, Jordan committed murder. I know it. He killed someone and he buried him in the gym yard. What's a gym yard? Dear Mr Grey, Jordan killed a man. I know he did. He's buried underneath the garage. I saw it on BBC News. Dear Mr Grey... Why are you so dull? You are the dullest teacher in the world, and I think you're a poo. Dear Mr Grey, this summer dress is rubbish, but I will continue to wear it if you wear one too. She scrunched that one too. 
Four or seventeen scrunches later, she started to take it seriously. Dear Mr Gray, I would like to ask the reasons for the school uniform rules being different for boys and girls. When she returned the Basildon Bond paper to her mother, she looked at her a little dismayed at the sudden reduction in volume of the pad, but she still seemed quite happy. May I read it? she asked. If you want, Kay said, handing it to her. Did her mum think she couldn't write or something? Kay watched her beaming smile wither away, though, as she slowly read down the page. Eventually, she started flipping it over in search of... What exactly? Kay wasn't sure. Well, Kay asked. (sighs) Eat your dinner, her mother sighed. The next day, Kay hurriedly ran from form time to get to art before any of the others, so that Miss Lynch could see the letter before handing it in. She ran down the alleyway by the science block, past the porter cabins they built for maths, and then into the crumbling art block. She caught her breath outside the art room, readied her unsealed letter, smartened her uniform, and then walked in. Miss Lynch, I want you to... Kay froze, her mouth agape. Mr Brown, his scowl still intact. He stared at her, with an unpleasantly bushy eyebrow raised. Where's Miss Lynch? Who? he said. The substitute... She said quietly, answering her own question. The substitute. The art room that had felt so colourful and vibrant suddenly felt again like a lifeless and dreary place where imagination goes to die. Kay felt Mr Brown's judgmental gaze on her and she thought she best do something useful, so she started to help set up the class. She picked up some books off the shelf and started placing them around the desks. What are you doing? he asked. Frida Carlo, sir. I can see that. Put them back on the shelf now. But Miss Lynch wanted us to look at these today. Well, thank goodness she's gone, he said. Now we can return to proper teaching and make up for the last four weeks of negligence. Yes, sir, she said sadly placing the books back on the shelf. Frida Carlo, he muttered to himself. Kay's mood worsened as a wave of mouldy onion smell swept from his mouth over her and hit right at the back of her throat. Ms Lynch was truly gone. Kay spent art that day imagining ways she could get Ms Lynch back. What could she do to get rid of Mr Brown? Perhaps Mr Brown could have some kind of tragic accident, she wondered. She imagined him sitting in his ancient Vauxhall Corsa, suddenly realising that his brakes no longer work as he heads straight off a cliff and then falls down into a molten lava pit. She imagined him slowly melting, all except for his mouldy teeth as they bubbled away at the top, bobbing like unpleasant bits of onion at the top of tomato soup. At lunch break, she sat reading and rereading her letter. Without Miss Lynch's positive energy behind her, she felt suddenly less confident in its power. But then she caught sight of Jordan and his moron crew laughing and joking at somebody else's expense across the corridor. No, she had to make a stand. 
Either she would get to wear trousers and be rid of her skirt, or she would insist that Jordan Roberts wears a full summer dress too. She marched to Mr Gray's office and knocked on his door. Mr Gray, she announced confidently, we need to talk. So there we go. That was my short story, Ms. Lynch. Thank you for listening. Um, if you enjoyed that, please give me five stars. Don't give me four. What's the point in that? Um, and also, please retweet uh, my tweets uh, or whatever you call it on the other platforms. Um, and uh, yes, tell others. Tell others to listen. Say that uh, if you like stories, then you should listen to Mitch Day's Storytime podcast. Thank you very much for listening even to this last little bit of waffle at the end um brilliant thank you see you next time for episode five goodbye and the poo would 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 get let's do that again what she said wrinkling her nose so hard she we only think that they're the majority because there's so many of them (laughs) that's a stupid thing to say (laughs) i've forgotten his name mr brown i'm gonna burp Mr. Brown. <laughs> Mr. Brown. Let's try that again, shall we? The tip of the tongue and the teeth and the lips. Ha ha. And smiley face. Yes. She scrunched that one up too. Dear Mr. Grey, why does your Asda brand soup look so shit? <laughs> I won't keep that one in. Dear Mr. Grey, is porridge really the future? Dear Mr. Grey, I love you. (laughs) Dear Mr. Grey, I love you deeply. I want to marry you. Will you be my wife? Dear Mr. Grey, I'm pregnant and it's my mother's baby. What? That doesn't even make sense. Dear Mr. Grey, I am Jesus. Dear Mr. Grey, you are a foofy head. You are silly, silly, foofy head. Foof, foofy, foof. Dear Mr. Grey, do you know that Jordan Roberts buried a live nun? (laughs) Anyway, I think that's quite enough for now. It's lunchtime and I need sausages. Yes, I do.